What's happening, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Unparalleled Sports Talk with yours, Kwame Fisher-Jones. As always, I am him. And I'm joined today by NewJersey.com Philadelphia Eagles beat writer Chris Franklin, one of my favorite writers in the game right now. What's happening, Chris? I'm doing well, man. How about yourself? I am fantastic, man. I'm enjoying this, enjoying this Cali sun watching Detroit try to shock the world. I don't believe it's going to happen. But <laughs> before we get started into our week one picks and uh, players to watch, I got to ask you. So the news just broke. Joe Burrow signs a record deal with the Cincinnati Bengals. As uh, time goes on, we'll get the nuances of the deal and what's real money, what's fake money, and what's uh, media money. But just your impressions on the deal and your impressions of the direction the Bengals are trying to go. Do you ever look at your shoulder and your arm and just go, why couldn't I just be an NFL quarterback? Why, why didn't they play that way? <laughs> I mean, yeah. that, it, it, yeah. it's rough. I, I look at mine every day and just go, you know what? But I wouldn't be talking to you. Which is, I'm liking this, man. But I look at that deal and I, I see what he received. And it, it had to be done. He's going to be one of the three, if not four, faces in this league. He's played well enough to warrant that. He helped the he helped the Bengals get to a Super Bowl, which you know for that city since the eighties it, it was really a long drought, and he's basically led them on that way. Yeah, he has helped with Jamar Chase, but you know when you look at what he brings in terms of an attitude, the swagger, that type of quarterback that you know you know he got about two minutes left in the game, he can go down and win win one for you. Hey, it's worth every every penny of it. And now all of a sudden. It makes some of those other quarterback contra- contracts look like, hey, it's some change. And I feel bad when you look at Nick Bosa's contract, and he's like, well, all that guaranteed money. Well, quarterbacks still roll this league. Yeah. You know, when I when I saw the deal, it, I agree with you. It needed to get done. And my first Im- impressions were it's great for him. And I'm talking to Chris Franklin in the jersey.com, Philadelphia NJ.com, Philadelphia Eagles beat writer. But my – I'm not a big Joe Burrow guy. And I think he's uber talented. I think he's super talented. But I, I when I'm when I'm thinking of top five quarterbacks in the league and the direction of the league and the direction of the athletes and the direction of the sport in general, Burrow doesn't come to mind. And I've kind of feel like I, I coined this phrase years ago and I'll stay with it. I kind of feel like the acclaim doesn't match the achievement, the acclaim doesn't match the achievement. They've had some success. But they've had success for Cincinnati. If the Philadelphia Eagles were knocking on the door with, let's say, a Donovan McNabb, you know, people wouldn't have recognized McNabb as a top five quarterback when he was knocking at the door as much as he was. It was still a Brady, Manning, uh, Phillip Rivers was in that equation. And then obviously with your Super Bowl winners like Eli. So when I see Burrow, yeah, they, they had success, but they haven't made the Super Bowl. And I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl this year. He's had injury concerns. It's great for the player. It's great for the sport, for the players to get this type of money. But I'm just not sold on Burrow. And I, I, I honestly believe, you know, I, I picked, full disclosure, I didn't pick, I picked Cincinnati to be one of the disappointing teams of the league this year. I actually think they're not going to make the playoffs. So, you know, maybe that's what's leading me into it. But the deal had to get done. But you mentioned other players. When, if they're paying attention to the salary, they're going to be mad every year. Chris Jones is going to be mad next season when another Bosa, a Bosa we ain't heard of, gets five hundred million dollars. Like they're going to be mad as long as they keep recycling agents. They're going to be mad every year. So the big thing is to get your money when you can, and then try to win as much as possible so you can come back and get more money each year. Kind of like Ali Darrell Revis. 
Yeah, that's not bad. And, but you also, when you look at this position now, it's, it's so – it's lacking. When you look at the true depth of the quarterback position and exactly. the ones who can actually be that. So it becomes at a premium. And if you're – I mean, look at look at Kirk Cousins. Even though he's – he's if you probably put him in that class back about, say, 10 years ago, he's probably like, yeah, he's nice, but he's not one of the top ones. But now because you, you don't have – you have teams missing on these draft picks, teams constantly recycling through quarterbacks, He's one of the constants and one of the better ones in the league. So now you have to pay him as much as you did. And that's what I think you're seeing with a lot of these other quarterback quarterback contracts. Because like, teams are looking like, well, if we don't keep him and we lose him, when are we going to find another franchise guy that can lead us into Super Bowl contention? Oh, I agree. I think he definitely stabilizes the position for the Bengals, which is something they haven't had in years. You know, Jesus, I maybe Kenny, I'm trying to think, Boomer Sison maybe? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm not forgetting some stuff. So they want to hold on to him, but I just think as a as I go through the teams, and you know that the great transition will go right into it. They their week one matchup with Cleveland. They've got a guy on the other side who set the record for the largest guaranteed contract. What feels like eons ago, which is really only what two seasons ago in Deshaun yeah. Watson. And yeah. right now, there are questions of it. And I'm one of those people. Is he worth? Not only is he worth the money, but should Cleveland start looking for another quarterback? Is he as bad as he was last season? <laughs> Things change fast in the NFL. It's that old, old adage, and everyone hates it, but not for long. You know, and it, 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 that's, that's what I feel with Joe Burrow. It's great right now, but come week eight, week nine, when the Steelers are rolling, when the Ravens are rolling, and Cleveland and Cincinnati are battling it out for a playoff position, I wonder what people are going to say about Burrow, and especially if he's not healthy. Especially if he's not healthy, but that you know that's my those it's two games that and I, I'll just I, I'll pass it to you in a second. But it's two games that I want to watch in Week One. Two games that I think they're my upset picks in Cincinnati and Cleveland, and then the second one is the 49ers at, at Pittsburgh. Both home teams are, are dogs. They're both underdogs, and I actually like them both to win. I think Cleveland is like a one and a half, which isn't much, like a one and a half underdog. But I think they're going to beat Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's going to. I think Cleveland's going to be better, and I don't think Cincinnati's going to be as good, but the Steelers are my Super Bowl pick. And I, I definitely think the 49ers going with Brock Purdy and not knowing what he's going to be able to do, dismissing Trey Lance so early in his career and putting, you know, questioning whether he's going to be, even if he's going to be an NFL quarterback, yet alone a starting NFL quarterback. I think they got a lot of questions. I, I believe Bosa just signed like an hour ago, too. He's been holding in going in, but he hasn't been practicing. Just think there's too much noise around San Francisco and Pittsburgh is my young upstart team. What are your feelings on that? I like I actually I could see that happening as well, too. I mean, when you talk about the uh, Steelers, you can see Kenny Pickett, he's starting to grow as well, too, and George Pickens. I, I that connection, I mean, it's it's rare you can find that young of a connection early on so they can grow together in a league together. Well, unless like say like next year Caleb Wilson and we see Marvin Harrison Jr. if the Cardinals go one two in that. But I think when you have that and you able to build that chemistry, you can build some special things. I think the Steelers have that. Mike Tomlin, as we know, is a great coach. You look at that defense that they don't, they usually put in. It, it took a step back last year, but they've retooled, and you know they're not going to sit idly by. And you think you're gonna, they're going to fix and rectify that side of the ball. So I look at I look at the Steelers as being a legitimate a legitimate thing. And we go to Cleveland. I look at the only problem I have is when I look at that offense. That offense. And I know you have Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper. I like what you see here year in, year out. The thing with Cooper, I, the question I have is, 
can he consistently play up to that level that he did about two, like three, four years ago? And also the drops, because there's I mean, so many times when the, when the game's on the line, when he's in position to ready to go and you need him to show up, there's that untimely drop that you see from him. And the next thing you know, you see him on the sidelines, those are shaking his head because they're watching the other team put a knee down on the ball. That's the only reason I think, because I think that game's going to be close. They said okay. Cleveland always play each other for goals. And I guess I can see it happen. I can see Cleveland doing it. I just don't know right now, this early in the season, that they're ready to do. I mean, we've won the most unpredictable time, but at this point right now, I still think Cincinnati has a little bit of an edge, even with even with Burrow coming coming back off his injury. Oh, what games? What is there any games that are standing out to you for Week One? Oh yeah, definitely. I think the mon- the first one for me is the Monday Night matchup between the Giants and the Ooh. Cowboys. I, okay. I look at I look at Waller and Darren Waller, the former Raider who's now out there with the Giants, and I think he can change the complexion of that offense. I think he gives Daniel Jones another target and I think elevates. So now the fact that you actually have a legit receiver to occupy the middle of the field, I think that just sets up the play-action pass game a little bit more better for Daniel Jones, especially with Saquon Barkley now that he's back there as well too. So I look at that and I think they can give that Cowboys defense, even though Dan Quinn does a great job, did a great job last year. You got Micah Parsons, you know, playing that joker. You don't know which way he's coming from in the pass rush and the Cajun dropping back. I look at that. I still think, especially they got the Giants got them at home. I think that's where the uh, I think the Giants can pull off the upset there. And the other one that I have, it's I, I keep going back and forth with this one. It's, it's a little t- it's a little tough, but I'm gonna go. See, even it's tough for me to even say this, but I'm gonna <laughs> go. With, I I think the Carolina Panthers. I really think they can get. I think because the South is we all know the NFC South is just rough Ugh. and. It, it's bad. And I know, I know Arthur Smith has, done, has some pieces now to work with. I mean, I feel bad for Kyle Pitts, too, because, you know, no. you got this talent down there and you're stuck. It's like, can you at least get me a quarterback that I know is going to stick here? Uh, he's in Atlanta with money. He's in Atlanta yeah. with money. So don't cry too hard for him. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He's yeah. like, I can't hurt. Here, here's some ones yeah. to get on that bruise. Greatest cities in America to have money in. If you've got money in Atlanta, you're, you're living a good life. You're a king down there. You're a king down there, and yeah. I, and I know the Carolina Panthers. And they don't have they don't have the offensive line the line at the moment, but I think that fits in well with the short passes. You you don't put Bryce Young in, in in too many situations where you just go you just play hey three step drops get the ball out quickly get them to those receivers. I think they'll do all right, and they can pull off the upset there. You know Atlanta. I, I forget the I think it's Ritter. I can't remember the quarterback's name for. I think I believe he's from Cincinnati. They're going to be starting him. Atlanta's got a lot of questions. I just the thing about Carolina is they're just not good, you know. It's, <laughs> it, 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 they've got it, they obviously they've got the quarterback, the new uh, starting quarterback. They're young, you know. They got a new coach. It's just that nothing about them screams good or worth watching. And the NFC South in general, I, I don't. I love Jameis Winston. He's been a disappointment. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care how many touchdowns he threw. He threw a touchdown for an interception in Tampa Bay. Same team with a new quarterback and Antonio Brown and they go. So, you know, I, I just, I, I disappointed in Winston. So the Saints adding Carr makes sense, but I'm not that big on Derek Carr. At some point you are what you are. So the Saint, the Raiders struggled year in and year out, whether Carr was hurt or just can't get done, bad coaching, whatever the reason is that you want to give me to excuse the shortcomings or excuse the failures, the failures and shortcomings were still there. So, and Carr was at the helm of all of so I, I'm not buying it, the Derek Carr stuff. So I think the South, and don't get me started on Baker Mayfield. I did a whole podcast. 
I refer to them as the walking white flag. Teams bring in Baker Mayfield because they want to lose. They want to put themselves in good draft position, and they want to clear dead money off the cap. So Baker Mayfield goes to Tampa Bay, and all of a sudden Michael Evans wants more money. So, you know, that's story. So I agree with you on the South. It's kind of like a win by default. But the Dallas-New York game, the Sunday night game, that's a great game. I picked Dallas. Full disclosure, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan. Everybody knows that. Because I'm not going to pick the Eagles to make the Super Bowl. Like, I would with my heart every year the Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl, but they don't. So, you know, but in my heart, I'm always going to root for them. But I like Dallas in the NFC because I couldn't think of an NFC team that had a top 10 quarterback that had enough skill position players that could weather a tough schedule and still come out on top. And the team I thought about was Dallas. I consider Dak a top 10 quarterback. He's playing in what I believe will be his final year in Dallas. And, you know, They've just been knocking so long. I just think that they'll get an opportunity this year if the Eagles falter. But the Giants, on the other hand, I mean, Daniel Brown is a solid quarterback. They've got Barkley back in the fold. It's a great game to watch. But what do you think about Dallas? Because you picked that game. What do you think Dallas what do you think Dallas winds up this year? And where do you think the Giants wind up this year? Well, you know, you mentioned the Eagles fan. I think you'll see them in the NFC Championship game. I think there's a distinct chance they have the talent in the roster to do so. I mean, you look at you, I, the only thing that was going to stop in the way is if Dak with those turnovers, and I think and the added pressure would lance over his shoulder. I I, I understand what that they want to try to get ahead of it in case Dak wanted to well Dak wants not in case Dak wants the extra money you know for the extension and you have Lance as your backup. But the fact that you put him you put that out there now you traded for Lance now I think it's really in his head. He's going to you worry about him playing here almost a sense where you saw. Carson Wentz goes through the same thing when Jalen Hurts got there. You wonder if Dak's going to try to play hero ball in order to try to get that more money. And we saw what happened the last time that happened. It, it faltered. But I think I don't think it's going to go nowhere near that point where they're sitting there like a losing record, picking in the top in the top ten. But I look at this Cowboys team; they match up well with a lot of these teams. And I look at it in person. I think when it comes to the Eagles, if the Eagles don't win both of those games against the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys win the one seed and they get home field throughout. And mm. we know what happens when you get that bye week. So they're yeah. a dangerous team you gotta watch for. I still think they're I probably say still the second best team in this conference. And they pose the Eagles and if you're a Cowgirls fan, they the Eagles pose a threat to you for the same reason. A you're a Cowgirls fan, so you don't want to bet for your team, but it's a divisional opponent. And those games can go either way because it's just raw talent. It's, not, it's no scheme because players know each other, teams know each other, coaches know each other. There may be a wrinkle here or there, but it's just a matter of discipline. Outside of Dallas and outside of the, the Giants, the game, or actually the players that, that interest me the most reside in the NFC, and Green Bay Packers, Jordan Love, Chicago Bears, Justin Fields. Justin Fields being the more intriguing of the two. Fields, to me, is a playmaker. I don't know if he's a quarterback, but I know he's a playmaker. Playing in a division where you have Mr. Uh, consistently Mediocre, Kirk Cousins, and then the rest of the teams are question marks. I, Detroit, okay, Detroit was 9-8 last year. whoop de damn do that, that, <laughs> absolutely nothing to me. I think they'll be 8-9 this year. But Jordan Love and Green Bay, what are they going to do? They finally got the albatross of uh, Aaron Rodgers off of them. What are they – like, what's this season going to look like for them? And then, conversely, Justin Fields has no expectations. So he should be able to go out there and ball out. So he's two, those are two players I'm going to be watching, specifically in the NFC. What players are you looking to? 
Well, you mentioned you took you, I'll say this a great minds take a like when you think about Justin Fields. Because the reason why I look at that, I look at I know everybody's comparing Jalen Hurts, and he's really at that point in his career when you, even when you look at the, the roster around him, I thought the best thing that they did was they got DJ Moore. Because I think mm-hmm. he really needed a legitimate target. Chase Claypool to me, it, he, he's a couple years removed from that Steelers, that Steelers running he had. He's he's okay as a number two, probably a number three option, but he's not the guy who can do that. I think DJ Moore can turn into a number one receiver, a, a bona fide number one receiver in this offense, especially too. So the fact that you have that here, I look at that and I think, hey, you know what? That's a really, really big key. And as for when I look around the and other parts of the league, I mean, B. John Robinson. I'm really looking at it. He's got me excited because I think he's – it's a throwback. To me, he reminds me of like a throwback of an upgraded version of Dalvin Cook, a guy who's big enough who will make you – who you can use so many different spots on the offense. And I like the I, I like the fact that, you know, you can use a guy like that and it creates mismatch problems across the board. So I know – I know I don't I don't have a fancy team this year. I don't have a fancy anything else, but he's a guy that I would look at because you, you just know he's he is almost the their offense when you look on that side of the ball. I think when you're looking at a guy who's going to be a generational talent, and by when all is said and done, we potentially see him can if he if he stays healthy. I hear that a lot about B, uh, B. John Robinson, and it makes me wonder specifically going to fields. You mentioned D.J. Moore. You know, I feel like Chicago is it's like. Dude, just take the low-hanging fruit. Like, I get it. All, and all low-hanging fruit isn't good. I get that. But just be a running team. Just be a smash mouth. I, I know everyone wants to air it out, but just ask Justin Field to make plays for you each quarter. Make one or two wild plays a quarter. Run the ball and play great defense. In that weather, in that city, that'll be enough to win you 10-11 games, which gets you in the, gets you in the playoffs. I don't understand why they try to air it out. I don't know why they should be looking for running playmakers at the running back position and playmakers in the special teams, and they just don't do it. They just don't do it. And I, I'm, but either way, there's no excuses for Fields. He's got to get it done this year. In the AFC, speaking of having to get it done, in the AFC, Justin Herbert's the number one player. Him and Josh Allen, but mainly Herbert. He was a guy for about 15 minutes. Had the highest record, had the highest contract in the league, and he's the one that has accomplished the least. When you when you look at the quarterbacks that got money this year, Burrow, you, you've got uh, obviously Hurts, and you got Herbert, and I know I'm forgetting one more quarterback there, but Herbert has got the, the smallest resume, and he's another one that I'm, I'm watching. I'm wondering. I think they lose in Seattle, to be honest with you. They open the week. I think they're going to lose in Seattle. I don't know what the line is, but I like Seattle to be physical with them. But what are your impressions about Justin Herbert going forward? I, to me, uh, to me, he looks like to me. He's going on the track of like a Dan Marino. I don't mean oh, specifically wow. like hey, he's going for num- not, not necessarily numbers, but he's going to be one of those guys who's going to see among the top leaders in top in terms of passing yards and, and touchdowns. But when it matters most, and when you're trying to get deep a deep playoff run, he's always going to run short. And I wondered about I'm wondering start if, if that's starting to seep into his head a little bit when it comes to those pressure situations. I think also, I think that, you know, he's got something going against him with Brandon Staley. Cause I, I questioned a lot of his decisions that puts him into a bad spot in that. And per, frankly, I think more last year, it was more Brandon Staley that cost, uh, tossed the chargers for moving on as opposed to Justin Herbert. So mm-hmm. I look at him, I think that really holds him back. But overall, he, there's no excuse for that offense not to be good with, especially with Mike Williams on, on and, and moving the ball down the field with, with that, with that receiving core. So until I, until I think he's going to be held back. So until Brandon Staley finally gets 
out of his own way, and they consistently just let let it become an offensive team and just let and, and just make enough plays on defense, similar way the Eagles did with uh, Jonathan Gannon, and just say, hey, you know what, we're not going to beat you deep. We're making methodically move down the field. Then I think you'll start to see Herbert being, you know what, he's a he is the guy he is the guy that's going to win a Super Bowl. Until that happens, and until Brandon Staley changes his ways, I, I, I just don't see that way. Great stuff. And it's quick. the voice you're listening to is Chris Franklin, NJ.com beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Chris, I appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. And as always, listeners, that's it for the show. But thank you, listeners, as well. And as always, I appreciate your time of year. Everybody have a good night.